0: You're listening to Wednesday Wonders on the Mutual Audio Network. Be amazed. The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for Pretty Gory. You may experience swearing, violence, and sexual situations that you engage in often, hopefully never, and only in your dreams. Parents need to watch your children they could learn more than you want them to.
1: Ah, they don't appear to be, uh, This is a new conceit for your production. And entertainment is always
2: free. I say
1: posthumous metal because while our present course and speed predict probable rescue in two years, three months, and eleven days, conservative Computer? Yes, the Commander? System. Please create supplementary personal log for today.
0: Yes, Commander.
1: These are the court notes of Fleet Admiral Beers, Commander United States Solar Forces, regarding the inquest and debriefing of Captain Dylan Pike and his involvement in the failure and subsequent events surrounding the Asimov-1 mission to probe the Alpha Centauri region of the galaxy.
2: Computer, begin the damn captain's log. Log
0: is open, Captain.
2: I should go on record to say that Mario Ricci and I were very good friends. We knew each other before he enlisted. We were social together outside of our duties. Hell, I almost dated the girl that eventually became his first wife. So I guess you could say in retrospect that he's taken at least one bullet for me. I helped him advance his career wherever I could, but I need to be clear about this. It was all deserved. He has always been outstanding at his job. And he's returned the favor by helping me in countless other ways. It's important that I note all this because my love for this man needs to be taken into account when we debrief about this failure of a mission. And when it comes time to discuss. When. When I, uh. When I had to kill him. It. It uh. <coughs> yeah. Freeze-dried coffee. Didn't it? Oh, jeez, still tastes like ass. It. It seems like eons ago, but. It, probably actually been about two months since Mario stopped taking his food ration. I fully believed at the time, and, and I still do really, that what he was trying to do was conserve the supplies of his crewmates, that some aren't faring as well as he was. I believe that's why he started doing it, why he started eating pieces of Engineer Melznik, who died in the event that destroyed the ftl the same event that we still have no idea as to its cause they caused this whole freaking nightmare <coughs> but i digress it god this is horrible anyway mario was eating the deceased engineer milsnick <coughs> and as the body had been kept in a supply closet that was allowed to get very cold to conserve life support and minimize decay nobody noticed that mario had been sneaking in there and sawing off pieces of pieces of the body to consume though his refusal of rations was suspicious and i advised him against it he didn't seem any worse for the sacrifice and like me, he could afford to lose a couple of extra pounds anyway. I didn't press the issue and frankly I was pretty thankful for any extension the saving of rations was going to give us. And then he attacked Ensign Hutchins. Like a, like a not-quite-domesticated pet that you allow to eat too much meat He got more hostile recently, until an argument with Hutchins turned into a physical fight that basically ended up with him on top of the unconscious ensign. I had come into the room late. I saw him on top and went to pull him off. When his head dropped to Hutchins' neck and he bit out a chunk big enough to take a gash out of the carotid, he turned and stared at me wild-eyed with blood running down his chin and my adrenaline just shot through the roof. I hauled off and cold cocked that son of a bitch with a right hook that physically lifted him off the body and sent him sprawling. My friend Mario turned cannibal son of a bitch. Jesus. Son of a bitch. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I looked back at Hutchins on the floor. I looked back at Hutchins on the floor long enough to see the blood pump weakly twice out of his neck. I knew we weren't going to be able to get him back. I swung my head back the other way ready for another attack and saw my friend lying against the bulkhead with his head cocked at a very strange angle. There was already a pool of blood spreading around his shoulders, and when he flew to the wall, apparently he'd hit the head of a rivet and smashed his skull open. The rivet was the only thing red on that whole wall. It's like a warning light hanging out over the body. My adrenaline was still peaked. I stood between the bodies of my crewmates and shook like an enraged ape. I struggled to take in what it all meant. Dropped to my knees and I cried. I I wailed. <laughs> I wailed, really. <sighs> I beat the shit out of Mario's dead, bloody, flesh-eating face for what seemed an eternity. My friend. <laughs> I wailed on him until I broke my right hand. And then later on, when we went to the closet, the nightmare of what I found Mario had been doing in there, oh god, it still persists. When and if I ever do sleep these days. Or is it nights? <laughs> or in space? I don't know, shit, whatever. God damn it. <clears throat> Point is now there are three bodies in the closet. We quickly figured out what had been going on when we went to put the other two in there. There wasn't much left of Melznick. The head, neck, and shoulders were intact, but because the body had been frozen and Richie had to saw off pieces at a time, there wasn't even bone below. I shudder to think of finding those, but most likely, they were bended from the lavatory waste tanks, and now it's all just another report. A report of the doomed. And the damned. The sight of the scene sent terraforming Specialist Lafferty into a raving fit, and we had to restrain her. She hasn't recovered. I've got at least two others, Thompson and Shields that I'm keeping an eye on. They're close enough to the edge that I'm certain that the remaining four of us will have to restrain them too within a week. I may raid the medical supplies and see if I can gather what I need to induce chemical comas in those three for the protection of everybody and to save even more rations. (laughs) Shit, I could use a 20th century acid trip right about now. Mm. If there's any good side to this, <laughs> it's that being down two crewmen means our supplies should last well into the ride into our solar system. <laughs> Lucky us, again. You know, scratch that. There's no good side to any of this. I am heartsick, I am homesick, and I'm pretty sure my stomach is starting to absorb the organs around it for food. God damn it, Mario! God damn Damn it.
0: <laughs> Captain, are you- Computer, kill the damn log. Yes, Captain.
1: Log complete. ...subsequent events surrounding the Asimov One mission to probe the Alpha Centauri region of the galaxy. Computer, Captain Pike's testimony is a matter of military court record. And supplemental log.
0: Yes, Commander. Log ended.
2: The $100 million question this week concerns Stanley Kubrick's horror masterpiece, The Shining, based on the brilliant book by Stephen King. What was the number of the room where Danny, Dick, and Dolores saw the dead woman in the bathtub? You have 10 seconds to think, starting from now. Five seconds remaining.
1: All day long you'd clean and clean and clean if you had a hams out, Booyah!
0: Hey gang, Jillian G and my weather, Rob. First up, game one about doubleheaders.
2: If you had a sham's out, you'd get rid of all the dust that ever came into your life. Booyah, that sham's out only 1995. Put a sham now on your solar credit card and get a second sham's out for free. Booyah! Thank
1: you for listening to the Broken Sea audio production of
0: 2109. Black Sun Rising, the prequel logs, written by Matt Weller based on the pending original science fiction audio drama, written by Bill Holloway, the cast Wendell and Jensen Woodard as the computer and the cast credits computer announcer, Matt Willer as Dylan Pike, Joe Stofko as Admiral Veers. Jack Ward as the Ensign, Mark Polita as the sportscaster for the Solar Football League. W. Ralph Walters as the Solar NFL host. Lothar Tuppen as the Tara Pitchman. John Bell as the announcer for Reality TV Solar Core RTSC. Amanda Fitzwater as Jillian G., the Solar Football League weather girl and model. The ratings game audio is courtesy of P.S. Gifford and Broken Sea Audio Productions and stars Bruce Busby and James Leeper. The music for tonight's show was supplied by Warhorse Audio and the Celestio Eon Project by permission. Thank you for listening. Please return soon for the pending audio drama, 2109 Black Sun Rising. This has been a Broken Sea Audio production, and I am Gwen Glenn jensen Woodard of Gypsy Audio. Have a good evening.
1: In the race to the North Pole, who will become the victor and who will fall to the ravages of the cold beneath? Philip Syntax is the world's best biomechanic with a checkered past of betrayal and lost love. When given a chance at redemption by the celebrated soldier Gideon Lightbridge, how can he refuse? This ill fated expedition turns from daring to disastrous when their airship, the northern fancy, crashes in the far and frozen north, leaving the crew stranded without hope. But that isn't the worst of it. One by one, the dead crew members arise from the cold ashes to seek the warmth of the living, and it becomes every man for himself in an effort not to join the ranks of the revenants. From Dynamic Ram Audio Productions, The Coal Beneath, by Tonya Brown. Visit our website at www.dynamic-ram.co.uk. The code beneath is also available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. So So cool!